Welcome and join me today on the Hi Hello Surah Show, where I decode and deconstruct the stories, secrets, and skills of the creators of our time. If you are looking to challenge the status quo and get new perspectives, join me as I share with you practical advice that you can use to impact your life and help those around you today. Hey there, and welcome to the Hi Hello Surah Show. I'm your host, Surah Al-Naimi. On this particular episode, I am joined by my guest, Stas Arsenoff, who has actually been uh, a visitor of the show previously. And in this particular episode, we're welcoming Stas back because he has just released a new book called The Happiness Manual. And while that is some of the focus of our conversation, one of the reasons that I thought with Stas that we should have this conversation is we were discussing the process of giving birth or bringing a creative project to life into this world. So as Stas was writing this book, I have been on a creative journey, putting together a creativity and innovation course. And what we discovered as we were having our conversation that despite all we know about mindfulness and creative behaviors, knowing is simply not enough. And so we thought that it might be helpful to share some of the obstacles that we faced in the hope that it would shed a light and perhaps inspire you while you are in the dark night of your creation, when you feel like there is all doom and gloom. So in our conversation, not only are we talking about some of the threads of the happiness manual, we also wanted to share some of these talents with you. Let's have a little listen. Stas, welcome to the show. Thank you, Sarah. It's nice to be here. It's so great to see you. And where are you currently? I'm in sunny Portugal, Costa de Caparica. How exciting. We've gathered and I am so excited for our listeners to know more, but you have just launched a book. Is that right? Done. Over a and it's been quite a journey. I mean, I know this year has been intense for a lot of people, but I added a book writing on top of it. So it's, it's probably has been the most the year where I've learned the most about myself, where I pushed myself beyond the comfort zone and just expanded so much understanding what I've, what I've learned in the past five or six years, walking the, the path of self-discovery and self-mastery. That's amazing. So for uh, those that don't know, what is the book called? The book is called The Happiness Manual, A Guide to Your Daily Self-Mastery. Amazing. And, and people can get this on Amazon. Is that right? Yes. It's finally launched on Amazon. So you can get it as an ebook or paperback cop. Probably later down the line, I'll record an audio version. Oh, that would be amazing. Yeah. Congratulations, Stas. Really congratulations. And one of the things that drove us to come together was because not only the content of the book and what you have curated and put together, which is going to, I've already been reading chapters of it and I can testify that I can immediately apply things. And it's just so great to see your journey woven in with all that wisdom. So thank you. But also one of the things I'm also really excited about is this process of creation. So as you went about the hero's journey of putting the book together, and I'm really resonating because of putting a creativity course together. And so all the 
elements of that creation process. And for me personally, self-sabotage. And so I thought that really what came to my mind is knowing is not being. And if we can unveil some of the tenants that we had to push through, maybe that will be inspiring for others to pursue whatever project it is that they haven't quite been getting to. Absolutely. Yeah. I would say that the process of creation, the process of writing my book, uh, it's at least three or four chapters came from this process because in this process of creation, you realize so much about yourself and from expectations and how not to set expectations, how to be open to what comes, how to receive. There's so much that the process of creation actually has to do a lot with the process of self-discovery and self-mastery. So that's why it's just like it was all connected with my book. And eventually when you create, when you feel that you are creating something from nothing, when you're expressing yourself, to me, that's a crucial element in uh, the journey to happiness, to experiencing happiness. Beautiful, absolutely gorgeous. And for those listeners that don't know, Stas has actually been on the podcast before. And so I would highly recommend that you go and check that podcast out as well. But for those of you who are not familiar, Stas, Stas, can you give a little bit of background of how you came to this journey, just so people have some context of how you came to write this book? Sure. I've had a lot of traditional professions, I would say. I was a financial advisor before and uh, did some real estate and I had a swimmer company. I did a lot of those ventures and, and then something within me just said that I needed to look for something else to figure it out on my own of what's calling me something that perhaps is not recognized or at least it wasn't so recognized by society or culture back then so I had to take a leap of faith and explore something new and so this journey started off with the personal transformation of studying with different healers with different spiritual teachers coaches so many shamans like so many people that basically all of them help you to go within and to connect with the true essence of who we are, of who I am, to discover what is it that I really like, not what looks cool for other people or not what people may expect from me, but what is it like my core desire, my, my inner voice. And, and, and so that's, that has been the journey of the past five years, just learning and, and putting this into practice and then learning more and shedding things that are no longer serving me, something that wasn't as part of my identity, but it wasn't a part of my true essence. And so having met so many amazing people on this journey, uh, teachers, but also fellow seekers who are also on the same path and hearing so many ins- inspiring stories. I, I just, and I launched my podcast a few years ago, Think Clever Podcast. So I had a lot of guests uh, on this podcast as well, including you, Sura. Yes. And, and I just had to put this all together. I had to put it into a nice storytelling format, but not just storytelling i wanted to also include some exercises some practices something at the end of each chapter that people can refer to and do something apply what they just read because i've read tons of books where i get super inspired and pumped and it was a great book and for the next couple days i walk around thinking about it and then i just move on to the next book so it's really important to apply 
what you just read or what you just, you know, you heard somewhere, just apply it to yourself, do an exercise and see how it reflects in your life. And that, that was the purpose of, of my book to actually, every chapter has an exercise at the end, you do it, it's quick, it's not something that takes you a long time, but, but you walk away, it, it becomes like a word. Yeah, and, and the application is so important. We can look at the treadmill, but until we actually get on the treadmill, nothing's really gonna happen. Yeah, for sure. I, I love that you've made, well, I love that you've made this accessible because I can testify that in the conversations that I've had with Stas, you have been to, you know, the the outer skirts of expertise or like people who are really deep in their expertise. And so you've been really talking to so many diverse perspectives to bring this collaboration together for the happiness manual. And now you are democratizing access to it, which I'm a really big fan of. I feel the same way about creativity, the tools of creativity, of giving access to it to so many people who might not have the resources or the inclination yet to take the journey that you've taken. And so now you're giving it to them in this manual, which is fantastic. So I am really curious and listeners, before we got on today, we had a few hitches getting on and I, I can speak for myself and some of the, the creativity saboteurs show of delaying. Oh, look, if we delay, it'll be better tomorrow. Or I don't really feel prepared right now. So it'll be better tomorrow. And, and that's been like a running theme with regards to the creativity course. And so I'm just curious, as you've reflected on your journey, what have been some of the things that have come up that you want to share with the listeners? And, and I'll, I'll jump in as well as I connect with what you're saying. Absolutely. I actually just uh, a few weeks ago started writing an article, um, how to write a book, because I, I needed to evaluate this process of what I just went through. And I wanted to share some of the things that I thought were, were useful, totally applicable to, to, this, to this topic. I would say the first one that before I started my process of creation, I had this idea of, of renting a house by the lake and it's just very quiet and I'm coming out there with my favorite cup of coffee and I sit down in front of my laptop and things are just flowing. My muse is telling me all these amazing ideas I should put down on paper and and it, it, it doesn't always happen. It probably happens to some people, but it doesn't happen to most creators. Most creators, they, they create in a moment, an idea comes, you may be taking a shower or, or riding in a train and it comes and you just expand it. But uh, there is no perfect moment. Of course, there are things that you can do to, let's say, clean your outer space, right? If it's there's clutter and there's noise and people are distracting you, then of course you need to set up a, a good proper environment so you can focus and you can get in the moment. The same thing goes for the inner environment. The type of food that you eat matters, right? If you eat something that creates inflammation in your body and you have brain fog, the muse is not gonna be able to get to you because you have all this internal conflict going on there, inter internal struggle. So it's really important to set up an outer space and an inner space, but to set perfect expectations. Like I said, don't think that just because you have a perfect view, I've had so many situations where I had ocean view and I was sitting and really inspired in the sun and the birds, but nothing was flowing. I just sat there for an hour writing nonsense and then deleted it and went home. And there was also times when I would take a 
a train at night. It was shaking and it was cold. And I was like, and I was writing because the ideas were coming. So just drop all the expectations, all the perfect images of how it should be and more embrace how it. Oh, I love that. So being present to what's occurring. I love that so much. And not having the sense of it's going to be perfect. Like, it sounds like you also had like a discipline to just dedicating the time, whether the muse arrived or not. Yes, yes. I love the Stephen Pressfield's book, The War of Art. I think it's a must read for everybody who's uh, embarking on a journey of creation because it, he really puts it down. I, I, I read it a few times because it's so important to, to understand that when you sit down and when you start doing the work, that's when all the magic happens, right? You don't wait for the magic to happen and then you sit down to do the work. You sit down to do the work and, and most likely you will get tested. Most likely you will sit there and nothing will come and you will be frustrated and yet you have to still stick with it. You still have to keep going and then all of a sudden something happens. It clicks and it flows like a meditation practice. You sit down and the first couple minutes maybe even 10 or maybe even the first 20 minutes, you just have thoughts running through your mind and it's a total mess out there. And a lot of times, me personally, I've given up and I'm like, ah, this is crazy. It's too much going on. I'm going to find a more silent time and come back to this again. But if you just keep going and you pass this point, all of a sudden there's that silence, there's that uh, you know, peace within. So sometimes you just have to test your face. How much do you believe in this and how much do you want this? Oh, yes. I was reading just recently the author of Atomic Habits, and he said that you need to fall in love with the discipline of being bored. So a lot of the time people, you know, are expecting like fireworks and excitement, but really it's the dedication that will put people in good stead to continue so that's so exciting what, so, what works for you process of creation so for me it's really around having a container for creating so for example when we shot the videos for the creativity course we hired really fantastic cameras massive lights so we had a lot of gear and we only had that gear for a short period of time so there was a sense of urgency that like I've rented this, these videos need to get shot. And so for me, having a really specific container of start and finish really helps because uh, otherwise it's like, oh, today I'm not feeling that great. I don't really feel like filming. My hair looks strange. I'm feeling low energy. I can come up with a million reasons of why not to commit something to a camera. Having that container was super helpful to get a lot of that work done. And then equally, since then, being social accountability, being in touch with different people and them being part of the project. So I, if I know that we're meeting on a certain day, and I think you you mentioned that as well, I, I want to make sure that I get my part done before we get together because I want to be able to show up because because then I'm in a good position to, to receive their expertise and their help. Whereas if I haven't done it, then what are they going to help me with? So I'd say those are the two big components. So, you know, one of the big creativity tenants is momentum. So any big project has um, a finite start and finish. And so now as we have been producing and putting it together and figuring all those other parts out, there's not exactly like an end date. And I'm noticing the curse of that. Yeah. I love, I love that we're 
you know, there's, and that's why it's so important to, to share different perspectives, right? Because I, I went through, through my process, you went through yours and we're finding things that are working for us. And ultimately it's up to a creator, a person who decides to finally create something to figure out, okay, like this tip works for me. This one, not so much, maybe this one later, right? It's like figure out your own process of there's general guidelines and there's general direction of what's, what's good and what's not right. But eventually you figure it out. You figure out what works for you, how to create your day. Like when do you create the best? Some people create at night. Some people create in the first part of the day. For me, I wake up, I make coffee and I start writing. The first couple hours, I always ask like everybody, this is my time. This is my creative time in the afternoon. Then I'm free because I, I can't create anymore. It's more, I can do administrative things, operational things, but not creative things. My time is morning. So it's really understanding yourself. This is the path of, of understanding yourself where and how do you create. I love that. I love that so much. So what other things did you notice? Uh, we've got... Um, expectation and not having expectation it sounds like you had a ritual like you had a sort of like an anchor that would trigger you to dedicate that time whether well, you're on a train or whether you're by the ocean yeah yeah we, so we mentioned the environment the outer and inner environment that's really important to to set it up correctly so that it actually benefits your creation process i would say another really important which which was a great lesson for me is uh, speak from personal experience <laughs> because if you're just repeating something that you read or you took a course and but and it's, it seems like a great practice or something something valuable and you want to share it with others but you haven't tried it yourself you haven't experienced the impact of this practice or whatever you're you're advising then the listener or the reader, they're going to know that you don't have a personal attachment to whatever you're, you're talking about. But if you're talking about a practice that, that you've tried and maybe it didn't work for you and you can talk about why it didn't work, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's not going to work for the other person, but at least you have that experience. And there's a few chapters that, that I wrote in a second draft that they were not flowing. I, I shared them with my beta readers and they're like, there's something is off. There is no personal experience. Uh, you know, I shared inspirational stories of, of other people and how they went through it. And I know that it's really important for a person's journey to self-discovery and self-mastery, but I didn't go there. And so I actually had to request an extra month from my publisher to, to rewrite those chapters. And I, I rewrote like 80% of them and mm -hmm. uh, even dropped one because I couldn't talk about it from a personal experience. So I would say this is really important because then you know how a person may feel after applying your advice. And, and you can say, you know what, I've been there and I, I went through that threshold and I know what's on the other side. And this is, it may look different for you, but this is how the process works. This is when it gets rough and this is when you need to like let go. You need to grab onto it. It's really important. Oh, yes. I, and I, that really resonates a lot. It really resonates because if I'm teaching something, for example, if I'm running a workshop around creativity, it's based on all the projects that I've already done. So like that I can identify those sticky points. So if somebody stumbles, I'm like, oh, maybe try it like this. And then that adjustment 
will create a shift. But I wouldn't be able to do that if I haven't had those experiences. So I love that you bring that up. And I would actually love to also, in this conversation, I think I just want to be really greedy, as well as talk about the creativity journey. But I think it would be really great to do some highlights, maybe to bring up a few highlights from the book for the listeners so that they can have some tools to access their happiness and also be inspired to go deeper by reading the book with you. So that just came to my mind as well. (laughs) I I feel in the first chapter, the the book kind of follows, each chapter follows what I've discovered in this journey. And it's a more or less in a chronological order because it's like the first insight and then the second one and then the third, and they transform into the next one. So it's this evolving journey. And the first one starts with, uh, the first chapter is called Where Attention Goes, Energy Flows. And a lot of people use this phrase from different perspectives because it's, it's just such an important, this is like a universal law. And the sooner we get it, that everything in our lives will become just, will take more responsibility for what's happening in our lives because our senses, they, they, they multiply whatever we point them. So if we, let's say, focus on the negative news and all the negative things that are happening, right? Then our mind is going to, it's going to find more proof of that, find more evidence. If you think the world is a dangerous place, okay, we'll find some of that, right? So to reinforce your beliefs and vice versa, if you focus on all the beautiful things in the world, you start finding kind people, you start finding all this great stuff that's happening and your life will be filled with that. And so it's really important to have this input hygiene, right? What is it mm-hmm. you're focusing on? Where do you place your attention? Do you place your attention on what you don't have or what you would like to have a lot of people always say like oh man but i don't have this and then i wish i had that and it's it seems like simple words or simple expressions but if every day you're thinking of lack something that you lack then the universe will provide you more of that and if you're thinking for me i would say the the most powerful practice uh, i've practiced this for a year I, I kept a gratitude and i've mentioned this a lot in, in my podcast because i was recording them while i was having this practice and and it was a very a powerful practice because it helped me refocus my attention on what i already have not what i don't have or what i want to have but what i already have and all of a sudden, things change. All of a sudden, I started feeling, you know what? I actually have a lot. This is amazing. Every day in the morning, I would write down three things that I was grateful for. And in the evening, I would write down three things that I was grateful for that happened that day. So each day had value. Each day had this importance, something that I focused. Again, I didn't write down what went wrong in the day. I wrote down what was exciting about the day. So I went to bed remembering all the exciting things that happened so keeping the journal for an entire year just tremendously it was like this daily application of this of refocusing my attention and when you do it in regular practice you're rewiring yourself so that that practice it it helped a lot so everything is really really connected right so when you keep in mind the principle of when where attention goes energy flows And then my second chapter is called Daily Rituals, because when you start applying these things on daily basis, 
whatever the practice may be, whether it's gratitude journaling or breathing or, or meditation, when you apply it on a daily basis, you start rewiring and all the things that are no longer ser- serving you, they fall away. So you can actually, you know, be in this enhanced human being, more present, more mindful, uh, having more harmony in, in your life. So that's just the first two chapters. I, I, I set the tone, I set the momentum, and then it goes into applications and how it transforms into different areas of our lives, relationships, work, having fun, having physical health, mental health. All of this is extremely important to ultimately to experience more harmony in our life. What I love, I would love to also stress this is when I've worked with people and we've talked about gratitude, sometimes there's this response of they think it needs to be something really big. Can you talk a little bit about that? I would say, yeah, the power of small steps applies to right. everything. Right. You know, I, I still, I catch myself continually trying to want more. Like I just launched a book. Of course, I would love for it to sell a million copies. So when it doesn't, then ah, I wish I had more. But what about the people who already bought the book? Like this isn't so exciting that this people that I don't even know, they bought the book and they're benefiting from it. It's, that's again, shifting that focus, right? To what, what you already have. And so the power of small steps applies to, to every practice, whether it's meditation, breath or gratitude, whether it's in the creation process, whether you wrote two pages or you wrote two sentences, it's still something you're just celebrate that. It's really important to celebrate that instead of complaining and uh, not feeling grateful because it didn't go as you expected it to go. Because maybe that one sentence that you wrote or that one minute video that you created, it's going to transpire into something a lot bigger. You just don't know. So just always be planting good seeds. Yes. I love that so much. And I love that you have at the end of the day, your reflection and it could, my coffee was a good temperature this morning. Like it doesn't have that. It, those are all big things. And it's the rewiring. I, I think it's two minutes a day, right? Starts to create the rewiring process. So yeah. It could be two minutes, half an hour, whatever, like whatever comes out. But as long as I would say, as long as you're authentic with yourself, let's say this example, the perfect temperature of a coffee, let's say for somebody, it really will matter because they love right. the coffee and they love when it's a great temperature and they will go, wow, this really made me happy or the smell of the coffee. But right. for another person, it doesn't matter. So if they write it just because yes. it's not going to be very uh, impactful. It's, it's actually, it's going to be nothing. So you got to be really authentic with yourself and discover what makes me happy. And it's just for you because it's, it may not make any sense to another person. It's just what makes me happy. Like with something small, I look at it and it makes me happy inside and I don't need to share it with anybody. I don't need to tell it to anybody. It's just for me you know, and my journal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Me and my journal. Exactly. Yes, for sure. Yeah, it's like the moments that may- maybe made you smile or you-, you felt like good about it. It's those little moments. So is there anything else? The book has so much. And as I, I mentioned, I've been reading it and really enjoying it. It's one of those ones where you're like, yeah, yeah, I get it. And you're like, yeah, but do you like, do you practice it? What, what, what else um, would you like to share if you were going to give a top tip to a listener that they could go apply today? What might that be? A lot of people ask me, the, the book is called The Happiness Manual. So are you happy? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Are you done? <laughs> yeah. So much more than that. It is the process of 
of self-discovery, right? Of, of understanding who am I? Who am I really? Is this part of me or is this something that I've acquired along the way and I just, it's part of my identity, but I don't even, I haven't explored it. What is it? So this, and then you just, you toss it and you get closer to what is it, who is it that you are? What is it that you really like? What drives you? What kind of relationship inspire you, motivate you? What are like, what are the healthy relationships that you repeating the same mistakes over and over or are you being mindful of how you show up in a relationship there's so many different aspects to to discover yourself and ultimately there's there are a lot of teachers that we can that we can go for support and they can help us to guide us along our way but I, I make this point in the book that they can even the best teacher in the world they can guide you to the door they can give you the key to the door but you have to be the one to open and step inside because ultimately we are our own teachers we know all the answers because it, it will work the same thing is not going to work exactly for everybody. Everybody has to figure out their own way, their own, their own shape, their own reality. So I, I, my hope is that this book is not going to give answers to, hey, this is how you do it. And in this amount of time, this is what you're going to get. This is not a marketing book, you know, like where it's all al algorithm and formulas. This book is, it hopefully helps people to go within to understand themselves better to have practices and things they can try that will also help them to go even deeper to have their journal i refer a lot to different exercises that, that use journal because it's just you in the journal and, and you figure it out on your own right even with a therapist there's certain things that a therapist recommends to you but the journal doesn't recommend anything you're the one recommending and it like you go back and forth and you understand so much about yourself i'm all about the process of, of self-discovery which leads to self-mastery so it sounds for somebody that maybe is a little fresh in the journey self-discovery and knowing self like that those might sound like that those might be a little daunting so what do you mean what are you talking about but what i'm pulling from what you're sharing is it sounds like maybe if we had a ritual or an exercise that someone could take on right now. It sounds like reflection is really important and, and just having a moment, even if it's two minutes, to journal and reflect on your day, just in the way that you would do with gratitude, but maybe other prompts might be really helpful to build that relationship uh, like with myself, because often if I'm going through my day, I'm, I'm in, sometimes I can be in a reactive mode. I might not have really processed what's been happening, but I might just feel a bit off. I'm not really sure why I feel a bit off. But dedicating a little bit of time, uh, maybe it starts really small, to have that relationship. It, it, the journal maybe is the doorway to me getting to know me. And then yeah. that kind of helps me going forward. Is that something that you think somebody could take on or is there something else? What is the, what, what is a, a way, a tangible way that somebody like today could start doing to better their relationship with themselves? For me, it, it changes a lot, but I would say the three top practices that, that are continually in my life it's silence so meditation breath work because it really helps to to get energy moving a lot of times let's say we're stuck in our head and meditation can not always gonna gonna help to calm down you do breath work 
And then you just shift that energy. Then you come back to meditation and you experience silence. So you go within. Then you have journaling where you reflect what kind of ideas, what thoughts are coming, what's on the surface, right? So the combination of these three practices are, are really powerful. And then you can apply them into different, different areas in your life. I would say my daily ritual consists of these three practices. Not always the same, not always at the same time, but just whatever I need the most. You know, when I feel that I'm stuck and I really need to get the energy going and go into breath work. But a lot of times I start my mornings with just silence or singing mantras because it's good to open up my throat. And and once I'm in that great space, then I can reflect uh, what's going on at work. What bothers me? What can I do better? How can I show up better? What's going on, what's going on in my relationships and how can I be more of service and how can I be more active listener? Like... How can I put my ego to the side and see the bigger picture? So I would say those three practices are really helpful to, to help you show up in the best way possible. Amazing. Thank you, Stas. Thank you. I'm, I've just been on a short journey, like I'm the beginning of my journey with breathwork, and I'm absolutely loving it. I am able to shift my mood in such a short space of time, which has been absolutely amazing. Just if I have an important meeting, I'm feeling just stuck or a little grumpy. My gosh, how am I going to get through this meeting? I just pop on a breathwork guided meditation. And after that, I don't know, I feel like a new person. So, <laughs> or, or a cold shower that could be even quicker than breathwork. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> happens to be at home. Yeah. yeah. That has been pretty powerful. I've, I've been doing a lot of cold showers lately because it helps to reset the nervous system yeah. and just you're, you're back in the zone. It helps you get out of the comfort zone too. So it's, it's really good before before meetings. I took one before this. Before this oh, program. good job. <laughs> so let's go back to the creation process because I'm really loving uh, getting to know your journey. So what are some other things that came up where you're like, oh, I know I'm doing that, but then... Like you still kept doing it and then you managed to shift. What what comes to your mind? It's still happening. It's not something that I just, I was able to get rid once and for all. It's a judgment. <laughs> and this, I would say if you're able to get rid of judgment, life is good. <laughs> Everything, right? The process of creation to yourself, to relationships. We're always judging. The mind is always evaluating whether it was a good experience, a bad experience. What's the meaning of all this? How does it reflect on me? Who does it make me? Like we make it so personal also. And it's really important not to judge the experience because we never know what's going to be down the line. Like we're saying that sentence that maybe you said for two hours and you only wrote a sentence or you created a very short video, but maybe it was the triggering idea that's going to unfold into a book or a video course or an online product. But if you judge it, if you dismiss it, if you put a label on it as good or bad, it was a waste of time, then all of a sudden it, it loses its potential. And so it's really important not to judge the experience, to be more present and more open to it and to maybe not make it so personal if the experience didn't turn out to be what you expected it to be uh, doesn't reflect anything on you it doesn't make you worse or better it's just it is what it is oh yeah i remember when we were shooting the videos and i was judging my performance in the videos at the time and saying, is this really good enough? Is anybody going to watch this? I'm like, what's going to happen after this? 
And one of the key tenets of creativity is not being attached to an outcome, right? Because you never know like the potential of an idea, like the, you, you need to uh, continuously grow and nurture that idea. And I caught myself in the throes of filming and saying like, like what's going to happen after this? And then what's going to happen then? And, and I'm like, you can't do that. <laughs> like, Sarah, better. I'm like, oh my gosh. So it's just, it's like you said, I'm never done. And it's a constant reminder of me catching or noting when I'm doing something. And then be like, okay, let's group, regroup, let's reground and figure out like a way to take a breath and, and move forward. Yeah. yeah, you're creating something from nothing, right? Nothing exists and then you're creating something new. And if you're just, if you're just copying, then yeah, you're copying something else and you're putting like a different cover on it. But if you're creating something new, it has to have your unique expression, your unique stories, your unique way of, of looking at life, right? And there's so many people in the world and everybody has a certain perspective of their reality. And that, that's why it's important to share yours because somebody may resonate with it because somebody may say, you know what? We live in completely different countries. We eat different food. We have different, so many different things, but something, something flows. So like a certain experience is is similar and then they connect with it because you are authentically expressing what's inside not thinking how it's going to look like to other people you're just sharing so that's also important to just let it flow because who knows what's going to come out of it exactly who knows yeah i don't think any um innovation or invention or anything that was new seemed like it made sense at the beginning. So who knows? I know that we are drawing a close. Are there any other experiences that you've had in this hero's journey of getting your book out? And quite frankly, like it's a continued journey now in making it available to people and, and having people reap the benefits of, of this creation. So is there anything else that you'd want to highlight that could be interesting or motivating for somebody who is in their project right now? I think everybody should create something in, you know, the format, regardless what format it is, but to create something because it's a beautiful process of learning about yourself, understanding trusting your inner voice, right? Trusting it, that this is something that you stand by. This is something that you believe and this is something that you wanna, you, you wanna share because it brought value to your life. And so once you connect to that, then for sure something great is gonna come out. And then, and then trust it, trust, trust this process, trust, trust that it's gonna help somebody. Of course, I would love for, the, for this book to be a bestseller and be on Oprah show, but at the same time, if it doesn't happen, and if it only helps few people, it's also very valuable. It was totally worth it. And, and when you say it in general, like when I used to say those things before I created anything, it just seemed like a, a very positive, uplifting thing to say. But when you get that first review of like person, a person saying, hey, you know what? I read this and it really helped me. 
that's it. That's like all of a sudden, nothing else matters because this person authentically benefited from it. It's something that brought value to their life. And But if we just sit and judge our experience and judge our creations and we don't, and that prevents us from putting it out there, so many people may miss out. It's, it's this, if you believe in universal consciousness and it's, it's all about you, you put in a little something into it and it grows just because you became better, you worked on yourself, it may be easier for somebody else on a different side of the world. Like life will get easier for them. So you just do your part. You do your part and don't worry so much about everything else. It's going to work out. Oh, that's so great, Stas. Thank you. That's a good one. Keep that one. Yeah, because it's just, it's your being of service and you're taking what you have learned that was helpful. I love that very much. This idea of you're not doing it to, okay, what do you think about this? Huh? What do you think about this? Like you're, you're doing it genuinely as an offer that could make somebody else flow a little bit easier in their life, which is fantastic. So Stas, how can people get in touch with you and what is the best way the quickest, most swift way that somebody can get their eyes on. It's on Amazon and any other platform where you can find books. Uh, but I would say probably Amazon is the quickest one. The uh, book is called The Happiness Manual, A Guide to Your Daily Self-Mastery. Stas Arsenov. I have a website where you can look up my podcast as well. It's thinkclever.co. And I'm on Instagram as uh, stas.arsenov. Amazing. Thank you. As always, it's been a pleasure and I look forward to our next conversation. Likewise, Sura. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. And listeners, I will put all of those contact details in the show notes as I always do. And thank you so much for listening. And until next time, I am your host, Sura Almeini. Bye.